You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. like a combination atomic bomb and Mount St. Helens. Remember that? The volcano from 1980. Uh, And basically, it's being ignored. Ignored. Perhaps the greatest environmental calamity this country has ever seen. And the federal government is trying to pretend it's business as usual. This is not usual. This is not normal. And what is vinyl chloride? Poor people there. They're not being heard. We could just smell the chemical smell coming inside our house, outside my couches. They just smell of the chemicals, my clothes. We're in the midst of washing everything right now, um, trying to get the chemical smell out. A lot of people are scared to come home. A lot of people haven't came back yet. Um, We really just didn't have the funds to stay away from home anymore. It's kind of heartbreaking and infuriating the lack of response, the weirdness of the response. Governor Mike DeWine, I'm told he's a Republican. Listen to this. The federal government is conducting an investigation to determine why uh, this wreck occurred, this crash occurred. Uh, Look, the president called me and said, anything you need, uh, I have not called him back uh, after that that conversation. I will not hesitate to do that if if we're seeing a problem or, or anything, but I'm not seeing it. How did this guy become a governor? All right. <laughs> um, I think he's going to eat these words. September 11th, 2001. I was here. 3,000 people died that day. And in the years since, thousands more because of the dust from that day and that hovered over that site, over this city for weeks and even months. And we were told by the federal government, by the EPA administrator, Christine Todd Whitman, at the time a very ambitious Republican, that everything was just fine. You know asbestos was in there, it's in those buildings, lead is in those buildings, there are the the VOCs. However, the concentrations are such that they don't pose a health hazard. We're going to make sure everybody's safe. Oh, it poses no threat whatsoever. She had to eat those words. Oh, yeah. And apologized. And I don't think thousands of people actually accept that apology. No. No, it was wrong. And we knew it. We knew it in our guts. We knew it in our lungs, actually, at the time that she was wrong. All right. Fast forward to right now. Joe Biden, as this monster hovers over Ohio, doesn't seem to have a care in the world. Not a joke. And you got a hell of a new governor in Westmore, I tell you. (laughs) 
He's the real deal. And the boy looked like he could still play. <laughs> <laughs> Little racial insensitivity in the middle of a crisis. Westmore, the boy can play. I don't know how Westmore actually felt about that when he heard it. But anyway, uh, Mount St. Helens, that's what it looks like to me. You know, maybe if we could convince Joe Biden that this was uh, the handiwork of white supremacists, uh, the administration would spring into action. They love to respond to uh, anything that's alleged to have had anything to do with white supremacy. They're always making it up, by the way. <sighs> I just think about that, that young woman in her bedroom with the chemical smell everywhere. <laughs> Why isn't more attention being paid to these people? Is it because that Joe Biden, well, number one, we knew he has not lived up to his commitments like this one. I will be a president for all Americans, all Americans. And I promise you, I will fight as hard for those who did not support me as for those who did. I mean, he lost Ohio. Could that have something to do with it? He ran to a, the California fight. I can't imagine him not responding to a blue state with this kind of uh, situation. I can't. Then again, he is distracted. I mean, <laughs> classified documents all over the place. He is under federal investigation. And oh, by the way, the University of Delaware that houses so many of his senatorial papers and they received a lot of money from China, the University of Delaware. Um, the FBI just dropped by the University of Delaware, according to CNN, and they've got good sources at the FBI. Uh, they've been by twice, and they took certain papers. Maybe classified, maybe not. Joe is a little touchy when it comes to the University of Delaware. Why not reveal your Senate documents that are uh, being held in Delaware? I know there's 1,800 plus boxes. Um, but if, if, if she believes and she alleges that the complaints may be hidden there, why not strive for complete transparency? Why was the access to those documents sealed up when they were supposed to be revealed? Well, they weren't supposed to be revealed. I gave them the university. The university said it's going to take them time to go through all the boxes. They said it wouldn't be, and that wouldn't be before 2020 that that occurred, or 2021. I can't remember the year they said. But look, a record like this can only be one place. It would be at the. It would not be at the University of Delaware. My archives do not contain personal files. Oh yeah, Joe. Well, the FBI just went through those boxes, and it didn't take him too long. This is a couple of years ago when he was trying to talk his way out of the Tara Reid situation. He doesn't want anybody going through those boxes. And the FBI reportedly left with some documents. We'll see what happens. Okay, and now this. Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley is running for president. We talked about it last night. She had her big official campaign kickoff. And she used a song that I don't think she should have used. I mean, it must be fun to run for president, wear nice clothes, have a bunch of people show up. And that's the theme from Rocky Three. You have to be the champion of the world to come out to that song. That's what I think. I'm sorry, but not to nitpick, although I am going to a little bit. Her speech, this is her problem. It's almost always all about her. I am the proud daughter of Indian immigrants, and I am blessed that they are here today. My parents left India in search of a better life. They found it in Bamberg, South Carolina. Oh! 
We were the only Indian family. Nobody knew who we were, what we were, or why we were there. My parents came to a country that was gaining strength and growing in confidence. They didn't care who I was. They cared where I was from. In me, they saw America. And in America, they saw hope. Uh, this is self-absorption at the fourth grade level. Maybe, maybe middle school level. Um, all about her. Yesterday, her kickoff video. Counted it up. Eyes, <laughs> me's, my's, all about her. The word you came up once. You need to know this about me. Uh, you compare that to Donald Trump's campaign kickoff, June 16th, 2015. Specific on policy, all about the country, all about us. She was a part of the Trump administration, but she didn't learn that much. I'll be right back. Hey, we as a country uh, and individual states, we never said that uh, shoplifting is no longer a crime. Uh, it's, it's still on the books, but it's actually been decriminalized in a de facto sense. You can steal with impunity. Uh, security guards have instructions. <laughs> Don't mess with them. Cops aren't pursuing them. They've got too many other problems. And prosecutors, they have no inclination, especially the woke ones, to, to prosecute this is essentially decriminalized, and it's everywhere. We're not going to be able to get anything soon. It'll all be online. Amazon will be the ultimate winner, and society is losing big time. I heard from some experts. Number one, they compare this to drugs. Shoplifting is not harmless, just like uh, drugs. You know, a lot of people say, oh, marijuana, it's no big deal. Well, the experts actually say it's a gateway drug and can lead to something much more severe, just like shoplifting. It starts with a pack of gum or some milk duds and then moves on to some heavy-duty crime. 79% of criminal justice professionals believe shoplifting is a gateway crime, and we've seen it. Now we have criminals not content with just stealing. They want to beat up the shop clerk, too. Yeah. Um, society has basically spun out of control. And too many people, for appearances sake, don't want to call it out. This is horrific. This must stop. But after we rearrange things in the wake of George Floyd, the complete and total overreaction to what happened... Uh, nobody seems prepared to address this. It's pretty wild. And the shoplifting thing really bothers me, especially when it comes to the small mom and pop outfits. I write about it in my book. There's a reason why we call someone's business or profession their livelihood. Yes, everything comes from it. A small business owner feeds his or her children through the work that they do. Who is so detached and removed from everyday life to imagine that just because something is insured, there is no cost to losing it? That's a common refrain. Oh, it's insured. Don't worry about it. It's all in my new book, actually. Uh, Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement, available wherever books are sold because... The prominent voices, the big, loud voices about law enforcement these days are totally wrong from the left, led by Joe Biden, the worst of them all. We have to retrain cops as to why should you always shoot for de with deadly force? The fact is, if you need to use your weapon, you don't have to do that. Uh, really, Joe, 
How do you know that? You know absolutely nothing about anything. Shoot for the leg, shoot for the arm. It doesn't work that way, Joe. You shoot for center mass, actually. That's the training. He knows nothing. We're seeing it now in dramatic form, and he is prepared to do very little when we need somebody to do something. Situation with the China balloon and all these other objects, people are unnerved by all of this. And he is having that mm, gay old time we talked about. Uh, Gordon Chang, one of the premier experts on China, wrote in today's New York Post, and this got a lot of people talking, it was no mistake, Chinese balloons hinting at an attack. Uh, number one, make no mistake, China's incursions into our airspace look like a prelude to an attack. Also, the American people should assume that the worst is coming. Yes, Gordon believes that China may attack us, that this is their time. He'll be joining us in a little bit. Uh, we have a president who seems to be giving them an open invitation to do whatever they want. Have relations now between the U.S. and China taken a big hit, no. frankly? No. How do you know? I know. I talked to him. You've talked to I've Xi talked Jinping? talked to Xi Jinping before, I, and our, our team talks to their people. During this and yeah, since? Yeah, after this. I haven't talked to him during this. Oh. But look, I mean, <laughs> the idea of shooting down a balloon that's gathering information over America um, and, uh, is, and that, break, that t makes relations worse. Look, I made it real clear to Xi Jinping that uh, we're going to compete fully with China, but we're not going to look, we're not looking for conflict. And, uh, and that's been the case so far. This is such an unnatural explanation and reaction. There must be a reason. There must be a reason. And I think we all know what it is. The stuff that he's been doing with his family, with his sons, with his brothers, Jim Biden, uh, let's talk about him for a moment. Jim and Hunter and Frank, all of them together, they've been doing a lot of business for a long time, trading on the Biden name. And Tony Bobolinsky, anybody remember him? Nobody's debunked his story. He told it just before the election in 2020. They should have listened to him. Why don't they ask Joe about this fine American statement? I remember looking at Jim Biden and saying, how are you guys getting away with this? Like, aren't you concerned? And he sort of he looked at me and he laughed a little bit and said, uh, plausible deniability. With me asking out of concern, how are you guys doing this? Aren't you concerned that you're going to put your brother's you know, future presidential campaign at risk? Um, you know, the Chinese, the stuff that you guys have been doing already in 2015 and 2016 around the world. And uh, I just can almost picture his face where he sort of chuckles and says, you know, plausible deniability. Brothers have been wheeling and dealing <laughs> with Joe Biden and Hunter for years, years. All over the world, it is catching up to them. He was just talking about China. Now Saudi Arabia. Uh, in the news today, Jim Biden had some freelance work over there, although it looks like he may have been paid quite handsomely. We're not sure, but here's how it goes. It's a little bit complex, so we broke it down into cartoon form. All right, Saudi Arabia. A lot of construction projects are going down there, uh, orchestrated by Hill Construction. Uh, they were running a lot of projects, and the bill came to $140 million, at least. 
Uh, at least that's the part they were haggling over. Saudi Arabia did not want to pay Hill that money. So they hired a law firm. And the law firm had a lot of trouble getting the, uh, the money as well. It went on for years. So according to the report, Hill Construction secretly brought in Jim Biden and did not tell the law firm. And then Jim uh, was able to somehow get $100 million out of them, not 140 But it looks like the law firm never got their cut. And they're pretty upset about it. Uh, from the story, some quotes here. Very interesting. Uh, number one. The company hired Jim as an executive vice president in late 2010, and Jim took a minority ownership stake in the company. Uh, six months later, it won a $1.5 billion deal to build at least 100,000 affordable homes in Iraq, in part thanks to the Obama State Department. Hmm. Um, Joe Biden was Obama's point man on Iraq at the time. This totally stinks. But listen to the fake news. Defend these guys. They have no problem with it. Do you have a crime that you think Hunter Biden committed? Because I've yet to see anybody explain it is not a crime to make money off your last name. Uh, the way they're doing it, it's pretty sleazy, actually. And Hunter, he's suspected of all, all types of criminal activity. But getting back to the brothers, and uh, they do have all kinds of rules, regulations, and laws, conflict of interest. At least it's on the book. But for Chuck Todd and the fake news and the swamp, they're looking to say this is okay. Everybody does it. And whether or not it breaks the law, it is really, really sleazy. Let's check in with Frank Biden non-attorney who has a big job at a law firm. I'm Frank Biden. I'm the non-attorney senior advisor to clients statewide who need diversified business solutions through the Berman Law Group. I'm available for consultation with attorney Teddy Berman in any of our offices statewide. If that's not illegal, it damn well should be. That ran on inauguration day, inauguration day for Joe Biden. His little brother, Frank, non-lawyer at a law firm. We'll be right back. You're on the go and need news now. No paywalls, no cable subscriptions. Just download the Newsmax app from your smartphone store. It's free. And watch Newsmax TV anytime, anywhere. Hey, guys, it's Carson. Are you looking to protect your money from Biden's America? Yeah. Me too. Well, right now you can get up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last just by taking action in today's uncertain times. That's exactly why I partnered with a great company, Gold Co. So you can diversify your savings and investments with gold and silver before things get worse. Gold Co. is a six-time, 5,000 winner, 2022 Company of the Year with thousands of five-star reviews and have helped people like you and me place over $1 billion in gold and silver. They're offering up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last. If you call them today, qualified callers get a free Ronald Reagan half-ounce silver coin. Don't pass this up. Not while companies are laying off workers by tens of thousands and Chinese spy balloons are drifting over our country consequence-free. Protect yourself from Biden's America and see if you're eligible for up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last. Here's the number, 855-735-3740. That's 855-735-3740 for Gold Co. 
Well, Joe Biden may be laughing off the balloon, literally laughing it off. Uh, the Chinese, not so much. Uh, this thing was a very serious and aggressive move. Our next guest thinks it was the most serious move. It was no mistake, Chinese balloons hinting at an attack from one of our favorites, Gordon Chang. Let me read a couple of uh, passages. Make no mistake, China's incursions into our airspace look like a prelude to an attack. We can see what Xi has been doing, preparing the People's Republic of China for war. This path suggests China is gathering intelligence for either a first or second strike on America's nukes. Gordon Chang joins us once again, uh, China expert and author of two very important books on China. Gordon, welcome back. Listen, I was hoping that that was a typo. First or second strike on America's nukes. You really see it that way. Yes, because this balloon, when it first entered the lower 48 states, it hovered over Maelstrom Air Force Base. And then it went to F.E. Warren and Minot Air Force Bases. That's where we keep all of our Minuteman three intercontinental ballistic missiles. It then uh, floated over Omaha, Nebraska. That's the headquarters of Strategic Command, which controls all of our nuclear weapons. Um, and then it went to Whiteman Air Force Base, where we house all of our B-2 strategic bombers. So they hit two of the three legs of the America's triad. And, you know, a lot of people are now saying in Washington, well, this balloon was blown off course. But, Greg, this balloon was maneuverable, and they, we know that they maneuvered it over some of the most sensitive sites that we have. All right. Now, look, I'm not downplaying what you wrote, but I thought he was kind of just kind of putting it in our face. You know, see what I can do. Uh, the idea that he's actually looking at these bases, looking what's down there, interpreting the intelligence and, 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 and saying what? Like, OK, we're going to attack this base, not that base. I mean, everybody knows where our missiles are and we have like enough missiles to destroy the world you know, a thousand times over or something like that. So, I mean, practically, what could they have learned from this? Well, they learned um, not only signals communications, uh, they also picked up better imagery than they could from their spy satellites. But, Greg, the one thing that they learned that they couldn't learn any other way was the reactions of commands like NORAD, the North American Aerospace Defense Command, how the senior leaders in the Pentagon would react. And they also got to see how specific general officers would react, especially General Glenn Van Herc who is the head of NORAD and U.S. Northern Command. So they learned a lot about how we do, as they say, the nuclear business. And how about Joe Biden's reaction? I was astonished. He has not led in any way, shape or form on PBS. You know, we saw him at times. He seemed amused by the questioning, went out of his way to say this is no big deal. You know, we don't want any trouble with the Chinese, which smacked to me of weakness. What do they make of his reaction? I, I believe the Chinese um, uh, felt what you felt, that uh, Biden was weak. Here they had this, this incredible breach of our sovereignty. I mean, utter disrespect, not only for the president of the United States, but for the United States itself. And then for Biden to say those things to Judy Woodruff, to laugh dismissively. And then on the following day, to give the interview to Telemundo, where he said, oh, this was not a major breach. So basically what he was saying to the Chinese was, oh, this is no big deal. If you do it again, it doesn't really matter because I'm so desperate. I want to talk to you that you can do anything, anything that you want. 
Back to your column, which got really uh, a lot of people talking coast to coast, uh, full screen five. He uh, is trying to sanctions proof his regime and he's mobilizing China's civilians for battle. Tell us more about that. How do you know that? What are you seeing? How are they getting ready for battle? Well, for instance, in mobilizing the civilians, they um, amended their national defense law effective the beginning of 2021 um, to facilitate mobilization of civilians, taking power away from the civilian state council and giving it to the Communist Party Central Military Commission, which controls the military. Also, a few weeks ago, they amended the reserve military service law, um, and that's calling up reserves. We know that they've taken over factories from civilian owners and switched production lines from uh, civilian products to items for the military. So across civilian society, they're getting ready the country for war. And then, of course, in addition to that, Xi Jinping talks about war all the time. He's been uh, trying to make sure that China can survive sanctions, uh, the fastest military buildup since the Second World War. And at the Communist Party's 20th National Congress in October, he appointed what is now being called the war cabinet. All right. What, it seems like total war between the United States and, uh, and, and China would be a loser for the world. What does uh, President Xi here, what does he want? What is his objective? What is he trying to do? If he actually fired at our missiles, I presume we'd hit back like there's no tomorrow and maybe there wouldn't be any tomorrow. But uh, what is he trying to accomplish? What is his goal? Well, one of the things he's trying to do is to make threats to use his most destructive weapons to make sure the United States doesn't get into the battle in the first place. This is what Vladimir Putin has been doing in Ukraine. And Putin can see that it's been quite successful in getting the U.S. not to supply the things that Ukraine needs. Well, Xi Jinping has noticed this, and he's probably thinking that if he makes those threats, then we won't defend Taiwan, Japan, the Philippines, God knows where else. But also, you know, the other thing, Greg, North Korea last year threatened to use its nuclear weapons uh, preemptively. That's the first time they have ever done that. And they all these leaders are learning from Vladimir Putin. All right. One more thing. Um, now we seem to be shooting down everything and anything in the sky. Uh, to me, it's too much too late in a way. Uh, have we you know, reestablished our war footing. Is this good or is it as hapless as I, I kind of suspect? Well, after the debacle with the Chinese spy balloon, um, they had to show that their reaction time was better. And so um, they took a very different posture on objects two, three and four. Um, object, the objects that we shot down on Friday and Saturday, um, those may have actually come from Russia because they entered North American airspace, not from the south, like this Chinese spy balloon, but from the north, which suggests that Russia was somehow involved. And if that's the case, Greg, then we have um, we've got China and Russia acting together. And that spells trouble for not only us, but for the rest of the world as well. Uh, Gordon Chang, thank you. Hey, last question. Is there any doubt in your mind, and I want to take another look at Joe Biden laughing and giggling and scratching and being weird when he's talking about very important issues, that he's compromised? I mean, we know about Hunter going to China, and uh, he brought his son there, and this guy strikes me as very greedy, and uh, I don't think he ever really anticipated being president uh, back when he was vice president. Um, do you think he's compromised? There's a lot of evidence suggesting he's compromised, but whether he's compromised or not, he's acting as if he were compromised because he's not defending our country 
with the robustness and the urgency that is obviously required. Gordon Chang, so appreciate it. Your piece today in the New York Post, so important. For more, you can go to gordonchang.com, gordonchang.com, or on Twitter, at Gordon G. Chang. Gordon G. Chang. Uh, Don't forget the G in there. Uh, Thank you very much, Gordon. All the best, and we'll be right back. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere. These words are so important. The pursuit of excellence is at the heart of American identity, and the disappearance of these ideals in our country leaves a deep moral and cultural vacuum in its wake. It's time for a new cultural movement that puts excellence first again. Amen. Words from Vivek Ramaswamy, his other book, by the way, doing very well, Woke Incorporated, um, Inside Corporate America's Social Justice Scam. Vivek is an immensely successful entrepreneur, uh, spectacularly educated, by the way, and just might run for president. But first off, we thank you, Vivek, for supporting Newsmax in our, you know, our war against cancellation. Thank you very much. How are you? I'm doing well, and I've got to admit, I do love Newsmax, but I didn't do it because I actually wanted to support Newsmax. I want to support this country because I do think that there is this oligopoly of ideas in the marketplace where government and private companies are suppressing speech. And as much as I love Newsmax, the reason I stand up is actually because I care about the ideals that America was founded on. And thank you guys for actually standing up and standing by it as well. Well, I so appreciate what you said. I mean, quite frankly, I don't want this to happen to anybody, a liberal channel, uh, Mm -hmm. a communist channel. It's just the ideas. And actually, your tweet got a lot of attention. You just kind of summarize it. Let's see here. Uh, DirecTV's cancellation of Newsmax is appalling and reveals the real anti-competitive problem today. And oligopoly of ideas. I think I got that right. It's not a standard product cartel. It's an ideological cartel that punishes any defectors who espouse a different view. Crony capitalism fuels this problem. Uh, Can I ask you, Vivek, when was there an inflection point? This stuff seemed to be, you know, it kind of happened all at once, but it couldn't have happened all at once. What's the history here? So the history is it goes back to the 2008 financial crisis. Okay, what happened in the 08 financial crisis was Republicans under Bush bailed out the big banks. That got Occupy Wall Street, the old left, to say, we're going to take your money. And so what happened was big business then got in bed with the new left. And what the new left said in Wall Street and in Silicon Valley is, we'll censor content you don't want to see on the Internet. We'll take down hate speech and misinformation, but we don't do it for free. We expect the new left to look the other way when it comes to leaving our corporate power intact. So it's this arranged marriage, of not of love, it's more like mutual prostitution. (laughs) And the net result of that act was the birth of this woke industrial complex that's a hybrid of government power and corporate power that together can accomplish what neither can on its own. 
And that's why it's not 1980 anymore. That's something that many Republicans need to wake up to. This is not a story about the free market. This is a story about the hybrid of state and corporate power that's far more frightening than anything our founding fathers envisioned. And that's why I'm so focused on addressing that problem. Where does this go from here? If, if, it, if it keeps going in the direction it's going, what happens? What does it look like in five years, 10 years, if this trend continues? This is the rise of modern fascism. I mean, Mussolini's definition of fascism was combining state power with corporate power. However, believe it or not, I actually am optimistic. I think there is an opportunity for a conservative movement in this country to answer the question of what it means to be American today. And I think part of that is you believe in democratic self-governance over aristocracy. The idea that the people who we elect to run the government are the ones who actually run the government rather than the cancerous bureaucratic class that actually runs the show, both in Washington, D.C., that's now spreading and metastasizing to the private sector. And I just think that if we can revive those basic American ideals, those basic rules of the road, what we'll discover is that most people in this country actually agree with them. And it's really just a small minority that control our institutions, large asset managers to media companies that are actually foisting this ideology on everyone else. So that's why I'm optimistic. All right. So, um... Let's talk about you. Uh, you're only 37 years old. Uh, you've done very, very well. I looked up your uh, financials. According to the Internet, you've got a half billion in the bank. Congratulations. Uh, tell us how serious are you about becoming president? Is this, uh, is this a real thing? I'm pretty I'm very seriously considering it is the answer. And I expect to make a decision in the near term. But this isn't about me. This isn't about any one person. We obsess over the question of the who. I think what matters is the question of the what and the why. Yeah. What do we stand for as a conservative movement? What are the values that actually define what it means to be American? And can we reawaken that? You ask most people my age, what does it mean to be an American today? You get a blank stare in response. I think that's unacceptable. But I think the GOP can rise to the occasion by delivering a vision of national identity that dilutes this woke agenda to irrelevance. We embrace one secular religion after another, from climatism to covidism to transgenderism to wokeism. Why? Because we have this deeper need for meaning. And I think America itself can fill that need for meaning if we rediscover what America is. And so I do believe in putting America first. But if we're going to put America first, we have to first redefine and rediscover what America is. And that's what I'm on a mission to do. It's very impressive. Uh, do me a favor. Uh, have you thought about how you would take on Donald Trump? Uh, what, what, what would be your argument? So I'm not taking on Donald Trump. I'm, I'm running for president. I, I would be, if I choose to declare, running for president of the United States. And here's how I look at it. MAGA, make America great again, America first. These are big ideas. These are ideas that are bigger than any one individual, bigger than me, bigger than Ron DeSantis, bigger than Donald Trump. And I, I respect what he did for this country in 2015 and 2016 by spotting problems that nobody else was talking about. And to be really frank about it, I probably wouldn't even be thinking about doing this today if he hadn't done what he did as a business leader and an outsider back then. But the question now is, where do we go from here? And my view is we've done a, enough of just criticizing the other side that's only gotten us so far. I've done plenty of it myself, by the way. But now we need to actually define an affirmative alternative vision. If I do make this run, I'm going to offer mine. I hope everyone else offers theirs. And the good news about this country is the people who decide who runs America aren't the donor class that most potential candidates are now going hat in hand to beg for money and permission to run. I'm not doing that. 
I think the people who get to decide who run this country are actually the people of this country. That's what makes America beautiful. That's what makes America great. Wow. All right. Vivek, good luck. Stay in touch. Vivek Ramaswamy. Check him out. Uh, VivekRamaswamy.com. And I think we've got your Twitter as well. And uh, these books look amazing. To be continued, sir, all the best. Thank you. You bet. We'll be right back. So Newsmax, you know we're getting a real hard time from DirecTV and AT&T. They deplatformed us. I think they regret it. The good thing is we are finding friends all over the place. Viewers uh, on Capitol Hill, uh, some very powerful people, some not so powerful people. It's all great. Conspicuously absent, Fox News Channel. You know, they're, they bend over backwards to virtue signal and show how supportive they are of CNN when they go through something, like when Jim Acosta get his press credentials revoked for six hours. But they haven't come to uh, our defense. They've said nothing almost. Bernie Carrick noticed this, and he wrote about it for Newsmax.com. Quite the piece, Fox News suddenly afraid. Why? And of what? Former Police Commissioner Bernie Carrick of New York City joins us once again. Uh, Commissioner, welcome. And, uh, yeah, how about Thanks, that, Rick. Fox News? What do you make of that? Well, my, my question is, what are they afraid of? Why aren't they speaking out? Um, you know, fair, unbalanced, and unafraid. Really? If you're unafraid, why aren't you defending uh, the First Amendment? Why aren't you defending another network, a conservative network, one of the biggest uh, conservative networks in the country today, why aren't you defending them? Uh, you know, do they not realize that they could be next? Unless unless there's some backdoor stuff going on between Fox and AT&T. Um, but I, I have to tell you, Greg, anybody looks at this with common sense, and I don't care what side of the aisle you're on, uh, the reality is they've taken a stance to eliminate, diminish, demolish Newsmax. Well, and I, wanna, I think it's wrong. I want to go to your piece, uh, beautifully written, by the way, full screen two, if you don't mind. Uh, Fox's disgustingly transparent silence while AT&T's DirecTV attempts to sabotage and destroy Newsmax, a major fellow conservative network, is painfully abhorrent and raises serious questions of motive and intent. Is this an opportunity to remain silent while DirecTV attacks and attempts to destroy their principal conservative competitor? Yes, that is the word, competitor. Let's face it, uh, we made them nervous. We make them nervous. Uh, we've beaten them occasionally. They are much bigger than us. They've got greater resources than we do. They would like us gone. So that means they like money more than freedom. Well, you know what, Greg? I, I think your example, and, and I, I uh, talked about this in the piece, you know, when CNN had a reporter that was thrown out of the White House uh, for a matter of hours, uh, mind you, uh, Fox News went bonkers, went crazy all over it. Freedom of the press, freedom of speech. You know, nobody should be treated like this. Well, uh, according to the Daily Beast, and I think their number is pretty right because I haven't been able to find anything anywhere. I think Fox has uh, basically spoken about Newsmax for about 35 seconds. Um, and, that, and that was in passing on a Sunday talk show that uh, I, I don't know many people that listen to it. Uh, so the bottom line is, where are they?
What are they afraid of? Why aren't they lashing out? Why aren't they speaking out? Um, why aren't they going after AT&T and DirecTV? Uh, it's a shame. And we, we all have our favorites at Fox, but uh, right now it's, uh, it's a shame. And I think it's a com competition thing. Uh, I haven't been on uh, Fox to talk about matters that normally a conservative would be on to talk about. I want to go to Victoria Sparks, uh, representative in the House of Representatives, and she's been tweeting and uh, putting out statements. And uh, let's go through this, please. Uh, the issue of deplatforming Newsmax and removing other non-conforming accounts by large communications oligopolies is not just an issue of censorship spreading like plague in our country, it, it, but also an issue of government-created, protected, and subsidized monopolies turning us into an oligarchy. Uh, it, we continue on this path. We will start resembling a totalitarian country very soon. The House Judiciary Committee, responsible for protecting our constitutional rights, has a duty to start dealing with this issue urgently. And actually, I think the, the Judiciary Committee is on board. The Department of Justice, which is very powerful, and the Biden administration and the United States Senate, not so much, sir. Yeah, I, I agree, uh, Greg. I mean, it's it's bizarre. We live in a time where um, the Department of Justice and the FBI have been corrupted to the point that nobody, no, nobody where I come from in the past 35 years being in this business, nobody would ever believe what they're watching today. No one. The Justice Department, the FBI is completely controlled by Joe Biden. Um, they've ignored Hunter Biden. They've ignored one thing after another, um, political uh, out of political motivations. Yeah. And and I think this is just another thing in that direction. This whole deplatforming Newsmax. Jim Acosta, I just got to do this real quick. Jim Acosta, that jerk, when he gave that woman a hard time at the White House, and they came out guns blazing. Fox News for Jim Acosta. Standing up for this guy who his civil rights weren't violated. He got fresh with somebody and they uh, they, they they removed his pass for a week. Fox News stands with CNN. <laughs> Passes for working White House journalists should never be weaponized. Give me a break. They just want approval from the swamp. They really do. They don't care. They don't care. Uh, some do, but most don't over there. Bernie Carrick, we appreciate it so much. Great piece to be continued. And we'll be right back. Thank you again for your support in fighting censorship. We're going through a lot right now here at Newsmax, but uh, we've got friends, we've got you, and we're pushing back against AT&T and DirecTV. And who to thunk it? Do we have an ally in the Biden administration? Potentially, potentially. This is Gigi Sohn, and she's been nominated by President Biden for the FCC, uh, the Federal Communications Commission, and listen to what she said during her confirmation hearings about us. There's another issue that is right in the FCC's wheelhouse, which, Senator Cruz, you just put out a statement about a little while ago, and that's the deplatforming of Newsmax and OAN. I don't know why DirecTV deplatformed them. I, I spilled blood trying to get them on platforms, the predecessor to OAN called Wealth TV, but also Newsmax. So I'm very troubled by that. But I fear that there may be some 
competitive issues at play. I don't know the actual facts, but I think it's something the FCC should investigate. Well, I'm impressed. I am. We'll see what happens. Uh, wow. You never know sometimes. Thank you for your support. I want Newsmax TV. You can call AT&T. This is not over, and I think we're going to win. Fingers crossed. I'll see you tomorrow.